This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Welcome to the Impressions Exchange Podcast. In this episode, Editor-in-Chief Mark Michelson joins us to talk about the legendary Printing Impressions Annual Ranking of the largest printing companies in the U.S. and Canada as ranked by annual sales. We discuss how the list has changed since its inception 40 years ago, what it takes to put together a list of this caliber, some of the trends over the past few years, and how the list has impacted the printing industry and beyond. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk about the annual ranking that we do. It is such a massive project um, and so much goes into it. And it is so highly anticipated every year um, and has made such an impact that I think it's it would be kind of interesting if we talk about what goes into making the list and your experience with it. Um, And as you know, it just we just marked our 40th anniversary with it or 40th year doing it um so i'd love to hear you know what are some of your the biggest changes that you've seen since the ranking began in 1983 well you know as you say i mean to me it's just hard to believe it's 40 years but that that's a whole nother story um but longtime uh readers of the magazine would would know that it actually was the printing impressions 500 for many years then due to industry consolidation um it dropped down to the printing impressions 400 for many years uh, because once a company is acquired, that company no longer appears on the list. So, um, you know, there is going to be constant attrition there. Um, then uh, largely due to the pandemic, which drove consolidation down and, and even for the companies that remained in business were struggling uh, from a revenue standpoint. So then in, uh, 2020, we dropped it down to the printing impressions 350, and then in 2021, the printing impressions 300. So the list has gotten, sh- you know, shorter over the years, um, and certainly the pandemic uh, drove it down twice. Um, you know, in terms of um, trends on the list over the years, uh, certainly um, in the earlier years, the uh, a lot of the companies were publicly held. Um, over time, there's there's less of that. Um, there were also a lot of what I would consider mega deals or mega mergers that that happened. Um, and back in those earlier years, you know, I think there was less scrutiny from an antitrust standpoint. You know, you know, we saw in a uh, more recent time when. Um, the uh, LSC quad merger was was blocked by antitrust reasons. Um, but if you look back over the over the course of many years of the list itself, um, you know I think that was a less of a concern. Um, we also saw trends of several roll-up companies, uh, the most well-known and I guess famous and really maybe the most successful one was, um, Consolidated Consolidated Graphics, led by Joe Davis, um, which ultimately was acquired by R. R. Donnelly. Um, 
also in terms of types of printers, you know, there used to be fin financial printers and that's all they did, you know, companies like Sorg and, and many others that just went out of business. It seemed like overnight. Um, we had a lot of printers that separated themselves by quality, um, you know, doing high-end brochures, catalogs, annual reports, you know, companies like Anderson Litho, the Hennigan Company, Acme Printing, you know, there certainly was an era in our industry where quality was, you know, the craft skill, I think really could separate certain companies from others, but technology over time and more automation, I think leveled the playing field. So those companies that were able to sell uh, or to, you know, do things like annual reports and these high-end auto brochures and things like that um, and be able to charge a premium for it, you know, unfortunately that kind of went away as technology uh, and, and made it so that every printer could really buy the same equipment and, Yes, there still are quality differences, but not like they were at one time. You know, and another trend I've seen on the list in, in more recent years is, is really the convergence that's taking place in the industry. Um, you know, you've there used to be lines of demarcation that separated printers from, from each other. You know, you had a commercial printer, you had uh, somebody that's, specialized in white format packaging, um, you know, many other segments. And those lines of demarcation have really uh, merged together. Um, and you've got printers that are getting into all other kinds of markets. And, you know, I think that's one of the, been one of the key drivers of uh, the Printing United uh, Expo, what's made that successful to have all the markets uh, covered under under one roof, so to speak. Um, so certainly that that trend of um, printing companies moving into other markets and revenue streams, you know, even promotional products, things like that, um, has, has certainly been a trend that's reflected on the list in in the last uh, really recent, even several years. So I mean, even just looking back. Um, I kind of pulled out our Hall of Fame. Uh, we induct four printers into our Hall of Fame every year. And I just, that's been going on since 1985. And I just pulled up the names. I'm not going to name the, the people that were inducted. But if you just look at the companies that uh, these, co these individuals represented, and I'm just going to rattle off some names and it's kind of remarkable that none of these companies exist anymore. I mean, they exist maybe in terms of they were acquired by another company, but in terms of, you know, by the name that they once had, um, they're gone. You know, companies like uh, World Color Press, Standard Register, General Business Forms, Danbury Printing and Litho, the Bedora Companies, Wallace Computer Services, W.A. Krieger, Cadmus, Continental Graphics, Sullivan Graphics, Moore Corporation, Perry Printing, Form Service Company, The Hennigan Company, which I mentioned earlier, Judd's Inc., uh, Kebacor Inc., Mian Tooker, Graphic Industries, Kukla Press, MetroWeb, Avanti Case Hoyt, 
Applied Graphics Technologies, Courier Corporation, Rainbow Graphics, Applied Graphics Technologies, Great Lakes Lithograph, Williamson Printing, uh, Spencer Press, Printing Arts America, Lehigh Press, Web Crafters, Press of Ohio, Edwards Brothers, Times Printing, Publishers Printing, Virtus, Angstrom Graphics, Ovid Bell Press, Stevenson Printing, Pictorial Offset, Paget Printing, uh, the Garvey Group, Classic Graphics. I mean, those are just to name some. And, you know, many of those companies were were industry behemoths at one time. Right. And the fact that those names have have gone away in, in the, the laurels of printing industry history, I mean, to me, it's kind of remarkable. But then, you know, looking at, say, the current list and even really the for the last several years, I mean, the thing that's remarkable to me is private equity that's moved into our industry. Um, I think something like on, on our most recent ranking, um, at least six of the top 25 companies are owned by private equity firms. Um, wow. Companies like Chatham Asset Management, Atlas Holdings, Cerberus Capital Management, ICB Partners, you know, just to name a few. Um, so that's obviously been a, a huge trend in our industry. And, you know, from my standpoint, I, I understand it, it does provide an ex exit strategy for some privately held companies, maybe family business. Um, you know, our industry is such a capital intensive industry. It's really hard to keep up and private equity, the infusion of capital that they put into companies. Um, the long-term ramifications of how private equity is going to impact our industry, I think that remains to be seen. Um, you know, so we will, uh, maybe it won't be me that will be commenting about that someday, but I'm sure we will look back and see how private equity is changed and will change our industry. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I mean, just the, I, I, I can't believe, um, you know, and you said it was just a, a, a number of, um, companies from that Hall of Fame list, and not even not all of them, and that, just so many companies that um, you know don't exist, and how how the list has changed so much. And I wasn't you know here when the list started, but it sounds like you know there has been gradually this this kind of um, large shift toward toward private equity firms coming in, and um, some companies you know merging or ceasing to exist. Um, but there's some positive, some positive things there too. Um, right. sounds like so. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, probably the, the biggest private equity was R. R. Donnelly, which was a publicly held company getting bought by Chatham, mm -hmm. um, and which was in a bidding war with Atlas, um, holdings, which, uh, owns LSC and, and LSC and, and Lakeside Book, um, which is kind of ironically, which were at one time part of R.R. Donnelly uh, before the Donnelly was split up into three companies back in 2016. Um, on this year's list, um, Jap Solson uh, 
which was ranked number 32, um, which is a, a very old direct mail printing powerhouse that was under the stewardship of the Bedore and Murphy families for a number of years. Um, that was acquired by private equity, a company called Monomoy Capital Partners. Um, also on this list for the first time, uh, we had a company called marketing.com, which was actually ranked number 10 with sales of 640 million. And that's been a, a, a company that has been a roll up of acquisitions primarily by uh, a private equity firm called JL Equity in Sar Sarasota, Florida, led by Iran Salu. And um, he bought some Sendeo uh, plants and has done several acquisitions and the company now is headquartered in Eureka, Missouri, but it's a you know huge, like I say, six hundred and forty million dollars in sales company. Um, you know, we've, we we see um, further consolidation. CJK Group uh, continues to consolidate the book manufacturing market, um, but. I would say, aside from CJK, the other most active industry consolidators today would be Taylor Corp in Minnesota, Matera in Iowa, uh, BR Printers in California, and then JL Equity, like I mentioned, which is in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what's interesting, too, about the private equity is it's not just the big companies that they're targeting. Um, they're starting to move further downstream. Uh, because a lot of times in a private equity um, transaction, they're trying to use an acquisition as a platform from which to build off of and then do other acquisitions. Um, so, for example, Sandy Alexander, which is ranked number 50 this year, uh, is now owned by a company called Snow Peak uh, Private Equity. Um, Showdown Displays is owned by private equity. They were ranked 52. Uh, number 64, Prismagraphic, um, is owned by Centergate Capital. Um, so private equity is moving further downstream into the list. Um, and I think that trend will obviously continue going forward. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure this list will continue on for, um, many years because it is, you know, as we said, it's just so highly anticipated and just has such an impact. But, um, you know, something that our listeners, our audience might not know is how much work goes into putting together the ranking. You and I know, we know what goes into it. But I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, what goes into putting together a ranking of this magnitude and kind of the behind the scenes look at what we do. Yeah, I mean it, it's a huge um, it's a huge undertaking, um, and really takes a team effort, um, as you know, Ashley, because you're very involved in it. Um, you know, typically we always started out sending out a, a printed form to update. Um, some years, partly driven by uh, the fact that most of us are are working uh, virtually due to the, due to the uh, changes driven by the pandemic. Um, sometimes we haven't done that that first mailing, but we do email blasts. Uh, we get our entire 
editorial team within our whole group to do follow-up emails to non-responders. Um, we make phone calls. Uh, we've created uh, personalized URLs so that uh, companies can update their information online, you know, which makes it very easy to do. Um, but it's still hard to get companies to do it. Um, sometimes the information is provided by a CEO type. Sometimes it may be a CFO. Sometimes it may be a marketing person. Um, a lot of different titles within an organization. So sometimes those people change and trying to keep up with who the, the proper contact is. Um, so it's, it's a huge undertaking. And we started typically in the summer and the list literally is getting finalized really as we're putting the issue together, uh, trying to get that 300th company to be um, a relatively high sales figure. Um, you know, obviously there are companies that should be on the list that aren't um, because as privately held companies, if, if a company doesn't want to participate, there's not really a way for us to um, get that sales information. Um, because as you know, sometimes we have companies fill out the form and they fill out everything but their sales. But unfortunately, if we don't have their sales figure, that's how they're ranked. So right. all that right. other, other information is great, but we, we need a sales figure to... Um, to include a company. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, I've been here uh, with the company for nine years, um, which is crazy to me or almost nine years. Um, and I think when I first started, it was still all paper based. I don't think we, we did the yes, digital. It was, we didn't have the, the, uh, the online interface set up right. um, with the pearls and, um, you know, to where companies could go directly to their listing and and see what they had submitted the previous year and then just update it online, which, you know, really helps streamline the process and make it more um, user-friendly, you know, mm -hmm. because, yeah, back in the old days, we sent out m multiple rounds of printed forms and would get back forms in, in the mail and people would handwrite information in and we'd, you know, sometimes be trying to decipher the handwriting, um, like what, yeah. what they put. And um, especially when it came to filling in their sales uh, figures and numbers. And sometimes it was just very hard to read what, what people provided. But um, so yes, that was, uh, that was a big improvement in the process. But even with that, it still is a huge undertaking that, um, you know, we, we take a lot of pride in to produce as good a list as we can because it's the only thing like it out there. And um, so it, it's a lot of effort, but it's a lot of satisfaction at the same time in in uh, providing that service to the industry. Right, right. And I mean, I know, you know, one of the biggest changes that you mentioned is going from, you know, the list of 500, now we're at 300 due to, you know, many different uh, you know, di different variables that have affected the list. But um, I cannot, I I'll tell you from a production standpoint, as someone who is involved with it, I cannot imagine, you know, it's it's a big effort now, but I cannot even imagine the effort to produce the list of 500 at a time when we didn't have that digital component, which now that does make it a lot easier. But, you know, in 83, when, when you were producing it, 
you know, without that help, the digital help, I, yeah, I imagine it was even more difficult um, and challenging to pull together that list. So uh, kudos for doing it all those years with yeah, just, you know, was. the paper. And we, we really even for many years had a staff position on the magazine where that person was almost dedicated to that job. Um, we also used to produce a very thick annual directory called the the master specifier or master catalog. It changed its name. Um, so that person was involved with that because that used to get published in July and our list, our uh, top 300 or whichever, 400, 500 list comes out every December. Um, so we had a, we had a person dedicated to working on those two projects and that's pretty much what they did year round. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I can imagine that would be, um, definitely a full-time position at that time. Um, and, and something that you mentioned, um, that I think kind of leads into my next question, you know, you said that, um, this is really the only list of its kind. So, um, you know, what do you think has been its cultural relevance or it's important to the industry and how has this ranking made an impact? Well, I'm always amazed really of the long tail of, of this list. Now that, you know, we had a former competitor, Graphic Arts Monthly, they used to publish a GAM 101. Um, but when they went out of business and they only did the top 101 printers where where us going further into the core of the industry, I think, you know, makes it of more value because yes, we all know about the big behemoths in our industry. But to me, the the real strength and traditionally the real strength of our industry has been the mid-size companies, many of which are family-owned, privately held companies, and and they've been the core that, from my standpoint, have really driven our industry um forward but yeah i mean the long tail of the list itself um you know obviously it ends up getting seen by marketers and brand managers and traditional print buyers but it really goes well beyond that um you know wall street uh certainly private equity firms that are looking over the list for potential uh companies to target um we've our list has been referenced uh i've seen it over the years in the wall street journal uh forbes um you know different uh business publications like cranes and you know many other many newspapers uh that have uh, referred to where a company was ranked on our list and um you know, frankly, it's also a way for printing companies to market themselves, um, A, to say they are among the top 300 printing companies in the U.S. and Canada ranked on sales. Um, but it, it certainly uh, extends well outside our industry in terms of people that, that view the list. Right, right. And for a lot of companies, you know, just anecdotally, I know that, you know, what, what I've seen on social media or what I've seen in people, sometimes even in signatures for some people, it's really, it's a badge of honor when they're on the list and right. they'll include it, you know, make the, I, I actually, I think I had someone, um, reach out last year. Um, it could have been, or maybe two years at this point, but reach out and ask if we had, 
you know, little designed buttons that they could include in their email signature or in on social media that said, I am number, you know, 35 on the, the printing impressions 300 list. Um, so people really, it is a, um, it really is, it's a badge of honor to be, to be right. included on the list. So, and I've, I've been seeing posts on LinkedIn, for example, of companies, you know, that have moved up in the rankings and are, you know, pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, really exciting to to see that and to to see that uh, you know the list, which, as you know, we put so much effort into, um, really does have a long, long tail, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something, um, just another, you know, um, thing that I've noticed, even though you know the talk in in the beginning with some of the changes from. 40 years ago, you know, yes, of course, there's been consolidation. Of course, you know, there are companies that don't exist anymore. But every year, without fail, we also get companies that reach out to us after the list goes out and they say, hey, we've never, how do we get in on this? We've never been on this list before. We've never, we've never done this, but we, you know, have $40 million in sales or we have $10 million right. in sales. You know, there are still companies that are, that we, you know, maybe aren't really aware of that are out there that, would qualify to be on this list. And so there is still that, that excitement and, um, you know, new companies are being added every year that, like you said, marketing.com, we had never, that was one that kind of came out of, you know, for us, I, I think, I think we even flagged in the beginning, like, is this, a, is this, are they in printing? Um, and right. you know, that was kind of a, a great surprise to have them on the, on the list this year. So, um, I was going to say, I mean, the list is, you know, really like a living, breathing entity in, in many ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we could, if we could put, I'd love to see, you know, every year from 83 and kind of put them next to each other and kind of see how that, how it's changed. I know we've talked about wanting to kind of actually look at the 1983 version and see how it's changed from then until now. Um, right. I'd love to, I'd love to do that someday. Um, so you know, obviously we've talked a lot about the list and kind of how we, how we, um, how it comes to be every year. Um, so if someone who's listening has not yet looked at the list, um, and they want to check it out, download it, go over it, where should they go? Well, probably the easiest way would be to go to our, our website, piworld.com. And on there, you'll see, um, different, uh, places where you can link to the list and to the landing page in order to download it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I'll also include, I will include a direct link to that in the description of the podcast for easy Mm -hmm. access. So thank you, Mark, so much. I appreciate your, uh, you know, your expertise, your insight into this. And, you know, this is 40 years. This is something to be really proud of. And I know you've been involved um, in some way since the beginning. So thank you so much for talking to us about this. Well, thank you. I want to give my thanks to Mark for joining me on today's episode and sharing his experiences with the Printing Impressions Annual Ranking. I'll include a link below to download the full list. I also want to thank all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Impressions Exchange Podcast. <laughs>